welcome to the very first episode of the No Raptors No Life podcast, where we talk all things and everything Raptors basketball related. Now, as we all know, the NBA playoffs are just around the corner. So for this first episode of the podcast, I'm going to be giving you guys my playoff predictions for both conferences of the first round of the NBA playoffs. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. Um, we're going to start over in the Eastern Conference. We have the one seed Milwaukee Bucks going up against the eight seed Orlando Magic. Now, I don't think I really need to talk too much about this. Um, I think there's going to be like another Detroit for Milwaukee like last year. It's going to be a sweep. Um, there's not much to it. It's just the Bucks are just a better team straight up. Um, not much really to say there and doesn't really help the fact that Orlando doesn't have Jonathan Isaac. Unfortunately, he tore his ACL, which really sucks. Um, it would have been nice to see if you know Jonathan Isaac can maybe do something to Giannis because he is their he is their main Giannis defender. Um, but without him and without Aaron Gordon, I think the Magic are just kind of dead in the water. They're just happy to be there. In all due respect, it's going to be an easy one for the Milwaukee Bucks. And um, and moving on to the two seed. Toronto Raptors versus the seven seed <clears throat> Brooklyn Nets. Um, now here's the thing. Uh, this might be an easy one for the for the Raptors. Hopefully it would be. But I will say this: don't don't sleep on the Nets, right? The Nets. One thing we knew from last year, right? When even when they had like the, when they had uh, D'Angelo Russell, we knew that these guys are scrappy. They're gonna compete, and they're gonna and they're gonna basically fight for every possession they're gonna go hard right this is a team that has not absolutely nothing to lose right they know they came in katie's not here uh Kyrie's not not joining them in 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 the bubble so these guys know that hey you know we're just gonna go out there and and play hard and play as hard as we can and hopefully and try and try to get a win and i will say you know teams that are not afraid that are just not afraid of anything and have nothing to lose are like kind of scary like they like they can like if they catch you sleeping they can probably be able to like steal a game from you you know yeah you know what i'm saying and knowing the raptors that could very much happen in game one but um but yeah um you know this team of course you know they still have karis lavert karis lavert has been playing incredible all year long uh we know what he can do um when when he's when he's on fire, right? We saw what he did against against the Raptors early in February. I mean, the guy just dropped thirty seven points. Like the third quarter in, like the Raptors were like up pretty big. It looked like you know, it, it looked to me that we were just gonna casually win win this game and keep the win streak alive. But then Karis Levert happened, and you know he decided to go off and 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 like and drop thirty seven, and then almost hit the game winner. But of course, OG kind of clamped him down. In that last possession to make sure um, that we keep that win streak alive, um, and of course they still got like some other decent weapons in um, Joe Harris, Jared Allen is, is is still a really good rim protector. Um, you know, Chris Chioza might guys like Chris Chioza might come out and have a and and have have himself a game or two. Um, and yeah, so you know what, like don't don't sleep on the Nets on this one, and. As for the Raptors, as for the Raptors side, um, you know the Raptors came came into the bubble um, seven and one, very good record. I think any team would, would would come in with that record. I think we're going in, we're we're ready for the playoffs, but um, there is still a couple things that are a little bit concerning, especially um, 
we have to look at Pascal Siakam. He hasn't really been playing up to his standards that he was this year. Um, you know, he's for some reason he just kind of looks looks a little lost. He looks like he's kind of like a behind a step or two. Doesn't really look like you know the 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 Pascal that we saw from from opening night all the way all the way till like the suspension. And it's just like you know one of the things that we can point out that he's kind of got a little bit jump shot reliant, which can be a good thing and can be a bad thing in the sense that he doesn't really have like that that pull up jump shot game like lockdown that he can just use it as that he can just like go to it every time like defenses force him to do it um but the good thing is that it's it's a good opportunity for him to get used to it because like look going forward starting like maybe like next season or two like that's going to be like the next step we all know that's going to be the next step of his game is to add that is to be consistent with that jump shot um and add that pull-up jump shot game into into his arsenal because defenses now know how to guard pascal they basically Get, kind of give him the Giannis treatment where they just wall him off in the paint and then force him force him to to finish over them which is which doesn't really um work for Pascal as well as maybe Giannis was because Giannis is just so much more bigger than Pascal but you know but the net series hopefully it's a it'll be a good series for him to, to to get his groove back to get his confidence back and just get him back into the flow of things because the Nets don't really have a guy that can that can guard him like the best guy you probably throw at him is probably like timothy luau cabarro and um and if that's if that's your guy guarding pascal siakam like pascal should, should should go to work on him like you know in in the regular season they put torian prince on him torian prince is a pretty good defender but pascal just ate his lunch just ate his lunch no chance um for for torian for for him during the regular season um but yeah so you know that that's the thing about Pascal. Like you know, we know what Kyle's gonna bring you. Hopefully, Kyle doesn't put up another zero point performance because that's just gonna that's just gonna make me doubt Kyle all, all over again. And I hate doubting Kyle Lowry. Uh, Fred VanVleet, I trust him. Uh, Marcus All, you know, he's been maybe the best defensive player since the restart. Like if if they're handing out awards, Marcus All is probably the defensive player of the year. Like just not only his, his his size but like his iq man like all i like his his iq is just so valuable to this raptors team in a sense that it's not just him defending he's able to tell guys where to go and and having a guy like that out there it just makes like your defense elite if it's already like not elite enough um and hopefully mark you know continues to hit just shoot more shots up there because um because we know when when Mark gets passive, it can really hurt the team. Like passing up open shots, we've seen a lot a lot of that. And I just hope that you know Mark comes out aggressive. He gets an open shot, take it, miss it, whatever. You know, just just you know take more shots, and you know hopefully use that new skinny body of him of 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 his and uh, and be able to get to the rim and be able to get to the rim a lot more easier a lot be a lot more nimble just a lot more nimble out there in general but but yeah um and then og ananobi of course you know his his defense is, is there you saw him against lebron saw him against bam out of bio um and hopefully you know which is probably what's going to happen but you know hopefully just nick nurse doesn't really get 
get cute with his tactics and just you know just let's just stick OG Ananobi on Karis Levert and and call it and just call it a night, right? Um, and and the other guy though that um, hasn't really been looking himself is Serge Ibaka. Like Serge coming into this year was like this is maybe like the best offensive year that Serge has ever been. I had never seen seen Serge that good offensively. He was averaging like. 20 points damn near 20 points or so right um of course he's not like the same shot blocker as he was in okc i don't think he's gonna be that anymore but offensively man he was really really damn good like he was hit he was able to hit that out outside shot of course that pick and pop game with kyle lowry is always money um he's scoring inside um just getting to the rim blowing by defenders and but Ever since the restart happened, or, or specifically after the scrimmage games, like Serge hasn't really been able to been able to look himself look like himself, which is kind of concerning because you know for this Raptors team we know that hey we we're, we're gonna need all of our 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 core guys our seven core guys to really play really to play well for us to go deep in this playoffs because of course we don't have a guy like Kawhi Leonard anymore that we can lean to like we have to literally lean on the entire team. And um and then of course, um, Norm Powell looked like in the last couple games he's found his groove again. Uh, hopefully he can keep that up, keep that up in the playoffs because he's just been this year. Norman Powell's just like he's just been incredible, straight up incredible. Like he's been much more under control than he has compared to past years. Um, his his just his confidence is just a lot better. Like he. He just has that confidence now that it's just like every time he looks at whoever's guarding him, he he believes that he can score on him, right? And that's having him come off the bench, giving giving like twenty points, twenty plus points, so valuable. Um, but however, the other guard on the bench, Terrence Davis, our undrafted rookie, hasn't hasn't really been looking well. Um, him just like Serge. Coming into the scrimmage, in the scrimmage games, he looked he looked fine. He looked like the old Terrence Davis. But then, you know, once the the actual game started, Terrence has kind of been looking a little bit wonky. Now, I don't know if it has anything to do with that mass controversy that happened to him. But um, hopefully, that you know that that isn't that isn't really the case he's just like you know he's just in, in in a bit of a funk right now and he can just snap out of it but as we saw all year like terrence terrence has been a very reliable a reliable bench player like you saw like from the early game like since game one since opening night nick nurse has been bringing him off the bench over guys like stanley johnson and ronde hollis jefferson who has been in the league much longer than terrence davis but here you have there was this undrafted rookie getting getting minutes in the road getting minutes in the rotation and and making and making the most use out of it of course like here and there he made some rookie mistakes but you know we saw how valuable terrence can be when um when he's when he, when he's getting things going and and like i said we're it, we're probably going to need terrence to get going because otherwise terrence is going to lose a spot to to matt thomas like matt thomas has been playing extra has been playing extraordinarily extraordinarily well since um since these last couple of games right like he dropped the career high against the bucks um and then he had had himself like pretty good game after the pretty pretty good game in like the next in like the next two games against philly and then against denver um but 
but we know but you know Terrence is just much more sound defensively especially that this team like the the main identity of this team is defense and you know Matt Thomas is is not a good defender so you know having him out there as a defensive liability is gonna hurt but you know um but his offense hey who knows uh and then of course you got the the other guys like Chris Boucher maybe I, I say maybe he should get himself some some minutes at the at the power forward position especially like you look at the way he's shooting the ball like there's no reason why like he isn't able to, to go out there and play with mark or play with Serge, right like you know before you know before when he you know when when he, when his shot wasn't really as consistent like you know that of course was a concern because that you know it's kind of clogging up the pain a little bit but now like you know if, if he keeps up that if, if he keeps shooting the way he does I can see, um, I can see a case for uh, Chris Boucher getting getting a getting a spot, and then, and then, um, and then you have Rondé Hollis Jefferson, who just unfortunately has, just hasn't really been again one of those guys not playing well out there. Like defensively, he's he's been solid, but like offensively, like yeah, I know it's not fair to judge Rondé offensively. Like the guy is, the guy just is, isn't really good at good at anything on the offensive end of the ball ball but um but hey you know what uh ronde we need him out there and and you know it just here's the thing about ronde like when he when he gets when he drives and he gets into the paint like i, I beg him sometimes to just like just take that mid-range jumper like I know he can kind of make that make that shot. Like he loves getting to the rim, but like sometimes, but when defenses just sag all the way back, I'm driving. I'm just like, yo, just take that free little free throw line jumper, little floater, whatever, man. Like make you know, you might hit hit like one or two of them and make the defenses um, think twice about think twice about you know backing you up off like that. But hopefully, you know, um, Rondé can be valuable. You know, his defense is of course extremely valuable against if we're going up against like elite perimeter talent like if we get all the finals like a lebron Kawhi, or paul george Giannis, these guys we go deep ronde is going to be very very valuable right to to be another guy that you know he that nick nurse can throw at them defensively um and then who else uh then we got stanley johnson stanley johnson has been a revelation since (laughs) um since since that game uh against philadelphia since he hit that game winner he dropped 23 points he put like i think 23 or 24 points against the denver nuggets now that right there is is what i i call a surprise you know what i'm saying like of all players like i would have never thought stanley johnson was going to score double figures all year long right it's just like he he has just been like out of the completely out of the rotation nick nurse is not even like looking at him in the bench and just hasn't really been playing and he's kind of just at some point at one point in the season he kind of like voluntarily went down to the g league just to get playing time uh, which kudos for him for for taking initiative which is always a good thing to see players you know take initiative to you know go down to the g league or whatever to just get some reps and hopefully you know get better but yo hey stanley johnson ever since he hit that game winner his it seemed like he's been so his confidence just went from zero to 100 right away right he's i saw in that denver game like in that last denver game he was he was the guy like bringing the ball up right when when of course like colin fred is not there like pat mccaw's not there we saw stanley kind of being the 
the the initiator of the offense like he has the ball at the top of the key bringing the ball up um up court and kind of facilitating throwing a lob to um throwing a lob to paul watson <laughs> that was incredible i'll get to paul watson in a bit but yo but listen hey if stanley can can just base right off of those two games you never know hey this guy can come big for us you know either in this series or throughout in the playoffs because stanley when I know when when he's up to the task, he can be a very he can be a very good defender in this league. Just look at the way he's built, right? He's like tailor made for for today's NBA. But it's just unfortunately, you know, things just haven't really been going his way, and just and just yeah. Uh, hopefully, you know, um, we can see some Stanley, and Stanley, you know, goes out there and be productive, which I'm super confident he he is because like you know his confidence level has risen up so much and. Basketball sometimes is just about confidence, really. Um, but yeah, and then the other guy, of course, um, is Paul Watson. Paul Watson, right? Like, who would have figured that, like, this guy, that this guy that was playing in the 905, coming in and 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 doing the things he did, like he scored 22 points against Denver, right? He he's like. I know, like, this is, okay, we're, we're, I'm probably, like, over-exaggerating about him and Stanley Johnson. It's just two games. It was, like, the last two games of the season. Nobody really cares. But, but look, but, but one thing we can see is, like, what they're capable of. And I saw what Paul Watson can do. Like, he's, he's, he's an athletic two-guard, very good size. He's, like, 6'4", 6'5". He can get to the rim. Like I said, he's super athletic. Um, and, and that, and if he can build on his game like that, can he maybe one day he can be like a valuable he can be like a valuable bench player for the for the Raptors or or another team if if the Raptors don't keep him but but yeah that's so with all that being said uh I'm gonna say the Raptors are gonna win in five I know it's probably a sweep but you know we could probably sweep this but I I'm still kind of leaning on uh on the game one curse for the Raptors that it's gonna happen for them this year like like Garrett Temple or, or Chris Chioza or whoever is gonna or Rodion Rodion's Kuroks is gonna have himself a game and just like completely surprise us and put all Raptors fans into into panic mode after just one game into the into the into the playoffs. But but so four games to one, Raptors gonna win this in five. Hopefully a sweep though. But uh, official prediction would be four games to one. Um so. Um, that was kind of long for just some wet one prediction, but moving on, um, the three seed Boston Celtics versus the six seed Philadelphia 76ers. Now this one, in my opinion, kind of a disappointing one in a sense that I, I, I had hoped to maybe see that, see these guys play each other later on in the playoffs. But then here we are with both teams of these teams that everybody hype up every single year, potentially exiting in the first round. And most of that, of course, is leaning to Philly. Look, um, let's start with Philly. Like, I'm start like Philly just has not been a good team all year long. They have completely underachieved. Everybody had them as the second best team in the East. Never forget that. It, everybody was like, it's Milwaukee, and then it's Philly, and then it's Boston. I think Boston. I think maybe they slid Boston in, but I think people kind of slept on Boston too. But like, yeah, they were like, it was Milwaukee, and it was Philly, and then everybody else in the East. But here they are. In, in the sixth seed, no home court advantage. Well, no home court advantage for anybody anyways, but you know what I mean. But um, And, of course, it doesn't really help the case that they lost Ben Simmons for the 
for the remainder of the season. And now it's just like everything falls on the Joel Embiid shoulder, right? How is is he going to be able to carry his team through the Boston through this Boston Celtics team, which is on on a, on any given day is 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 an elite team, right? Because um, like, look, Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson, those guys are are good players. Those guys are good players, all right? But you're you're but if you're relying on them on those two guys to to come up big in like a seven game series and win like don't put this like just don't put too much hope in that like that's that's not the way to win you know what i'm saying like if you if philly teams like philly they have like a perennial star in joel Embiid, you're gonna need joel Embiid to to play good for them to win right that's just that's just what it is right if joel Embiid plays bad philly loses no chance no chance for philadelphia unfortunately um and then for boston like Boston, like they're 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 top Boston. They're a very top heavy team. Um, maybe like this is could be a problem for them later on in the playoffs. But we know that like Boston kind of has depth issues. Like outside of the starting five and Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Gordon Hayward and Daniel Tice, like and and um, Marcus Smart. That's six guys. Like outside of those six guys, who really can can go out there and give you? and give you reliable minutes right like is it brad wanamaker is it ennis Cantor? probably ennis Cantor. uh is it um grant williams is it uh robert williams is it any of those guys like those guys are all like super raw prospects probably um you know out there to, to to give you some hustle but outside of that like they're not really gonna like give you anything and it's just a lot of that offense is gonna be it's gonna be reliant on that on that starting five like that starting five has to play well i'm gonna just say this they are gonna have to play well if they want to they want to beat philly which i'm very confident they will and of course next round if they go next round and they play the raptors or and then go on to eastern conference finals and play maybe milwaukee or whoever like those the, the the starters are gonna have to play really well they're gonna have to rely on them a lot um but the dangerous thing about boston is even though they're a top heavy they're not a deep team you can't really scheme for one guy so you can't the defense can't really focus on like let's say a jason tatum right because if you just focus on jason tatum kemba walker's gonna go off jalen brown's gonna go off um gordon hayward's gonna go off right any of those of those guys can can go off for 20 plus at, at, at any given night and that's just like the most dangerous thing about like the whole boston celtics team is just, is the fact that they have so many shot creators it's really hard to to like try and like defend to defend one of them like you're gonna have to trust your your one-on-one defense a lot against boston i'll say i'll say that much but um but yeah um this is probably 4-1 boston i'm gonna say 4-1 yeah um i i really hope this get this gets a little bit more competitive you know tire out the celtics before they play the raptors hopefully but i don't see philly this this time being able to beat boston um no ben simmons of course jimmy butler jj reddick big parts of their team last year not there anymore so Joel Embiid, man, he's gonna have to put on like a, a career performance, like a, a career defining performance for them to just sneak past the Boston Celtics. So yeah, um, moving on, um, we're gonna have the four seed 
Indiana Pacers going up against the five seed Miami Heat. Got myself confused a little bit. I thought Miami had the fourth, but um, they they came in with a the fifth. They kind of dropped a couple games, and you know they they fell down. They fell down a spot. But this one, uh, without a doubt, would be the most the most competitive one amongst all of the all of the Eastern Conference matchups. Like it's the most evenly matched uh, series, and of course, can't forget. It's Jimmy Butler versus TJ Warren. Like those guys got into it uh, during their first meeting, I believe, um, or one of their earlier meetings. And then um, they, Jimmy Butler circled on his calendar, but of course, like didn't uh, they never really got a chance to chance to play until until the restart. But now, but here they are. Hey, now they can settle this once and for all in the playoffs, right? Um, Jimmy Butler, being Jimmy Butler, like you know when he. When he's when he's gonna score like when he's gonna take over like he he can take over, but T.J. Warren though coming into the bubble, this guy looked like he got possessed by Michael Jordan, like fifty three points. First game in, I think like this guy dropped fifty three points and then and it went on to like score thirty plus almost like every single night. It's it's insane and 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 Indiana like it's such a huge and this is such a huge boost for Indiana because like. They don't have Sabonis, right? And that was one of the things that coming in, like, I was thinking, like, okay, how are they going to do without Sabonis? You know, Sabonis has been really good for them. How are they going to do without them? But then TJ Warren heard me and uh, and just answered the call. And he's like, you know what? Let me let me uh, let me show you guys what I, what 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 I can do, and just completely surprise everybody, right? Um, and TJ Warren's probably gonna have gonna need to have some of those big games in the playoffs because like you know um, the other guy is of course not even the other guy he's the guy on the team is Victor Oladipo and Victor Oladipo just unfortunately just hasn't really looked the same since that injury um, since a horrific injury I should say man like the guy's the guy's kneecap like came completely out like it was it was really bad like it was against the raptors too like i saw i saw all that happen live and um and it's just you know it's just really unfortunate that uh victor oladipo didn't really get a chance to um didn't get a chance to get his groove back before um because like the season just got suspended and then like they and then everybody was just stuck home and and here we are now and uh and hopefully um, you know, Oladipo can come out and and score some and be able to score for them pretty much because like this team is gonna Indiana. Um, they're gonna need Oladipo to to put on some big games. Um, Malcolm Brogdon as well. Um, he's been very solid all year long. Again, one of those guys I thought the Bucks should not have let go. Like, don't know why they should have kept Brogdon instead of Bledsoe. If I'm being completely honest, but um, but you know what? Hey, that's that's what it is and um and you know Malcolm Malcolm Brogdon's here in Indiana now but and he's been and he's been showing that that you know every like all of his worth out there you know Malcolm Brogdon I always knew how good of a player he is right you know he's uh, always a perennial 50 40 90 player um and just and yeah very solid player yeah very and um so um yeah for Miami and uh you know Jimmy Butler. Let's start with Jimmy Butler. Like Jimmy Butler, he hasn't really been shooting it well. You know this year from beyond the arc. I think he's shooting like twenty nine percent or something. But 
I'll tell you this as a Raptors fan, don't ever count out Jimmy Butler until it's over, okay? Because you the moment you think Jimmy Butler is like having a bad game, you think like, oh, your defense has taken completely out of the game. No. When when it needs to, Jimmy Butler will will get that ball and he is going to will his team back uh if they're down and potentially win a game for them, right? Like Jimmy Butler is that guy, right? I seen it the first time we played them this this season. Like, you know, we were we were we had a we had a good lead. I felt confident that we were going to win the game and then, you know, Jimmy Butler happened and he just completely took over the game, sent the game to OT and then just killed us in overtime. You know, he as the Raptor killer that he has always been. So um yeah, so all I have to say is never sleep on Jimmy Butler. Um, this guy, this guy will destroy you, and especially now he sees T.J. Warren in front of him. He's probably going to be extra motivated. And then um, you have Bam out of bio, of course. Can't ever sleep on this guy. First time All Star. Like the the improvements that he that he has made since he came into the league has been has been incredible, right? Kind of Pascal esque, if you ask me, right? Like just being able to kind of ha- being able to handle the ball a little bit. Um, jump shots obviously not there but like you know he he can now get to the rim he can he can kind of um carry the load on offense a little bit you know um and just establish himself as as a very solid number two option for the miami heat and then of course defensively like this guy is is a monster he can he can guard virtually anybody out there which is going to be so valuable for the for for the heat just of his defensive versatility out there um, and then of course you have uh, all of the the role players on Miami, right? You have Goran Dragic, kind of old but still a very reliable backup point guard. You have your shooters, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. Those guys get going. You know it could be a long night for you. Uh, Kelly Olynyk, we saw him. We saw him. Dish, we saw him like own the Washington Wizards in 2017. Right, so Kelly Olynyk can shoot the ball. Um, Myers Leonard, I'm and the thing is, it's like I'm not sure about Myers Leonard. I'm I'm actually not sure if he's injured or not. I think he might be still injured because like I don't recall seeing him out there. Um, so but I might be wrong. Don't quote don't quote me on this one. But yeah, um, Myers Leonard is healthy. Myers Leonard is um is is also a very solid role player. Then you have your your wings like you have Andre Iguodala three experienced guy three-time champion crucial piece in in that golden state warriors dynasty um you know he can be he can provide some veteran leadership for for some of the younger guys on for some of the younger guys on the team and then jay crowder one of those guys just goes out there does his job play defense hit hit a couple open threes uh and Derek jones jr a very versatile defender he can play he can uh, play guys one to four Uh, and of course he's he's super athletic as well so you know Miami has got a very solid team coming in um and so which is why I'm gonna pick them to win in seven it's gonna be a close one right but however I would not be surprised if the results were the other way around if Indiana manages to to beat Miami it's very very much possible right this isn't a Milwaukee Orlando situation where it's completely one-sided this is very evenly matched and hopefully um we get a competitive one I think I would be disappointed if this one was finishing anything lower than six in six games but but yeah so that does it for my Eastern Conference 
playoffs predictions for the first round. Just to go over them one more time, um, I have the Bucks beating the Magic in in a sweep. I have the Raptors beating the Nets in five. Uh, I have the Celtics beating the Sixers in five, and then I have the uh, Miami coming out on top over Indiana in seven. But that so that does it for my Eastern Conference prediction. Um, I'm I'll be back in with my Western Conference prediction after a short break my eastern conference prediction now we are going to go towards the western conference predictions now um of course we know as as the podcast is being recorded um the final eight teams have not been determined yet because there is still a playing game that is happening in on saturday and sunday um between the portland trailblazers and the memphis grizzlies who will be fighting for that last eighth spot now um to be honest, I completely forgot how the play-in format works, so <laughs> I'm not going to talk too much about it. But So I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to basically try and make my prediction, you know, for both scenarios. Like if the, like what would happen if the Lakers played the Grizzlies or what would happen if the Lakers played the Trailblazers. So, yeah, um, let's start with the Grizzlies, Lakers-Grizzlies. This one's a sweep for the Lakers if the Grizzlies get in. Like, I'm sorry, like the Grizzlies looked like they were they were locked for that a spot before before the shutdown happened but then like after the shutdown like they just haven't been as good as they were and um they look very vulnerable like they've been losing a lot of winnable games and um and i think the lakers are gonna make easy work and just sweep and sweep the memphis grizzlies like before i would have like actually given memphis maybe maybe two games right but i would have said five i would say it would have been five the grizzlies would have been able to steal a game maybe steal it two games but now just not it for the grizzlies unfortunately um like they they have just completely lost their form and and yeah they're not going to stand a chance against lebron and ad and them guys but um but yeah so the other possible scenario would be the lakers versus the portland trailblazers now this one right here is the interesting one Damian Lillard. Let me start with him. This guy is is a monster. Let me just say that. Like he is something else. This man came into the bubble and basically went on a mission and be like, you know what? I'm gonna carry this team into the playoffs if I have to, right? And this is not one of those things where, and you know, if Portland gets him, this is not gonna be one of those teams where where they're just gonna be like happy to be there. Like they're gonna go in there and they're gonna compete and believe and i and and i mean like they're gonna believe that they can that they can upset the lakers right especially with the way dame is playing like this guy has just been scoring every time he just shoots the ball is just going in that's how elite damian lillard is right he was scoring he's just scoring in from the logo he's get he got that crazy bounce um against the was it uh it was against the nets yeah it was against the nets I think no 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 uh, sorry my bad it was against the Mavericks I believe that he got that that you know they were losing and then Dame just took that shot it bounced off the rim it went high into the air and just went straight back in like that's when you know that you know the basketball gods is shining bright on this guy right he is he is something else man I don't I don't really don't know what else to say about Damian Lillard that's not been said already like he's just been that good and and if I'm the Lakers I'm worried I'm going to be worried about Damian Lillard, right? Because one thing is 
they don't have Avery Bradley on that team, and and if if everything was like continued as normal, I and if they play Portland with like a full roster, Avery, I would have been sure like Avery Bradley would have been been the guy guarding Damian Lillard, and that's what he's kind of there for. Like I think Avery Bradley is one of those guys, is one of those guards that are just like that can be like a pest for like opposing point guards or or whoever and. And that's what the Lakers, I think, are are, are going to be missing, because um, like whoever they put at him, wh- whichever guard they put at him, I don't think is is gonna do is gonna do anything to Dame. Like KCP, maybe hopefully, maybe KCP can do something. Um, Dan, of course, you still got Danny Green. You know, still solid defender. Um, hasn't been shooting the ball well, by the way, but you know that's that's for another thing. Um, and then coming off the bench, you have Alex Caruso. Like you know, if, are we are we gonna really say Alex Caruso is gonna shut down Damian Lillard? Probably not. But but however, um, to be fair for the Lakers, well, I gotta ask this for the for the Portland trip for the for the Trailblazers. Like without Trevor Ariza, who are they gonna put on LeBron? Are they gonna put Carmelo on him? Because like Melo has never really been like a good defender throughout his entire career and especially now that he's just much older i don't think he's going to be any any better defensively um is it going to be zach collins can zach collins stay in front of lebron um probably not like obviously you're not putting dame or cj on on lebron definitely not but that's that's what was one of the things that was like that i felt like was a huge loss for portland was that trevor ariza not coming here because trevor ariza is one of their their better perimeter defenders or better or more reliable perimeter defenders that like they can have throw at lebron but because but now it's just like you're gonna have to rely on like a couple guys on the bench that like probably lebron are just maybe just gonna dust off and like as as if they're nothing no no offense but but yeah and um and then of course you know 80 80 has been a beast all year long this guy is in the running for defensive player of the year um, it's gonna be hard with him out there, like you know, without without anybody to to be able to really take LeBron and AD out. Like I don't really see the Lakers losing. But then of course, you know, here Danny, we have Danny Green. Like, look, listen, I love Danny Green, but like the way he's been shooting the ball, like he again dropped zero on the Raptors. He's he could not buy a bucket against the Raptors, and he had just been. A complete no show for the Lakers so far. He might have bounced back. I'm not sure. Um, I'm gonna have to look look at it again. But from what from what I recall, Danny Green has not been been good since the restart, and the Lakers are gonna need Danny Green out there to hit the shots, right? LeBron and AD are gonna get are gonna get crowded. They're gonna get trapped, double team, triple teamed, whatever. And you're gonna need guys like Danny Green to hit shots. You're gonna need guys like KCP to hit shots, right? Um, and then and then um the their their new guys Dion Waiters J.R. Smith right um you're gonna need them to hit shots too like Dion Waiters is probably is probably like their their shot is probably like you know their kind of their go to maybe their go to scorer coming off the off the bench it's kind of like like a Lou Williams kind of like guy just going out there and and get a couple buckets for the team um, then you have Kyle Kuzma. Who hit that incredible? Who hit that game winner? Forgot again. I forgot again. I for, I forgot against. I forgot which team it was up against. But um, Kyle Kuzma, when he plays with this, like Kyle Kuzma, here's the thing. Like he, he's a much better. I think he he can be much better than than what he has been playing, and he has showed that. 
that you know he can that he can score that this guy can score the ball when when he needs to. I just think that you know he he needs to play with the starting lineup. He needs to play with LeBron. He needs to play with AD and them guys because he's not like a guy like like Lou Williams or and Montrezl Harrell that can carry your bench scoring for you. Um, but yeah, you know we're gonna need but. We're, we're gonna see what Kuzma can bring you um and yeah but if I have to choose this one I'm gonna say 4-2 to the Lakers I think like the Lakers defense they're just gonna key in on Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and just force the other guys to to score the ball and I think that's the way you gotta do it you just gotta get the ball out of Dame, Dame's hand and make the other guys create and I think the lake that's what the Lakers are gonna do and um and win and win the series in in six you know but you know, hey, you never know. There might be an upset. Might be an upset. Not gonna count it, but like I said, anything anything is possible in the words of KG. Uh yeah, so for the next matchup, we have the two seed Clippers versus the seven seed Dallas Mavericks. Let me just say this, like Mavericks, they're a good team. Mavericks can can play, but the Clippers had their number all year long. Right, as good as Luca has been all year, like he's now he he has to go up against Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and being defended by those guys is not going to be easy, right? It's uh, right. We know, like everybody knows, Kawhi is like arguably the best perimeter defender in the NBA. He's going to be Luca's going to be guarded by him, right? And if he's not going to be guarded by Kawhi, it's going to be guarded by Paul George, who is still who is of course another elite perimeter defender. If not by those two, well, there's still Patrick Beverly that can, you know, get under people's skin, annoy the hell of, out of out of people. Uh, Marcus Morris can um, can can probably be thrown on Luca for like a couple of possessions or so. And and I, if I know the knowing the Clippers, they're probably gonna make Luca give up the ball and then like force the other guys to 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 create like Tim Hardaway Jr., Chris Porzingis, of course, but. Like if you're gonna beat the Clippers, I don't think Chris Stapps and uh, Hardaway Jr. is uh is gonna be enough to beat a team like the Clippers. Um, so this is gonna be a sweep for the Clippers. 4-0. Um, sorry Dallas. Um, this is just a bad matchup for you guys, but but yeah. Um, moving on, we have the three seed Denver Nuggets versus the six seed Utah Jazz. Now, Utah has kind of been playing a little I don't remember like were, were they really playing were they playing good or were they playing bad I feel like like you know Utah hasn't hasn't really been playing as good as like people had them to be like a lot of that kind of fall on fell on Mike Conley's shoulder like when he was brought in like this team looked like they they could challenge both the LA teams like you know Mike Conley is a very good point guard we know how good Mike Conley is but ever since he came to Utah it just hasn't been the same just it's just not the the Mike Conley from Memphis that, that we know of um and uh and he's just been he's just struggling and you know the Jazz are probably going to need him to get, get probably going to need him to get going now um because because like Bojan Bogdanovic is is injured another big loss another big loss for them um he has been if I remember correctly, Bojan Bogdanovic is their, their second leading scorer on the team behind Donovan Mitchell. Like he's their go-to guy behind Donovan Mitchell. Like if if it's not going to Mitchell, it's going to Bojan Bogdanovic. And unfortunately, he's he's out, and that's just a huge huge loss for Utah. So um, you know, 
Donovan Mitchell, um, he's gonna have, of course, he's gonna have to play superb to get out of the first round, and um, and hopefully, and I'm pretty sure it is resolved by now. You know, the all of that internal stuff going on with um, Rudy Gobert and, and and everybody on that team, since you know Rudy Gobert contracted the virus, and and you know guys have kind of been you know getting on him on him a little bit because he was joking around with it, but hopefully, you know, that's um that's that's all water under the bridge for them now and um and they can just focus all in the playoffs and 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 perform well and uh as for the denver nuggets like denver has it again uh denver since the restart hasn't really impressed me you know they they came in um and just didn't really look like the denver the denver nuggets of of like pre-restart but um but another, but the thing is, I'm intrigued to watch is Bull Bull. Mike Malone has finally unleashed Bull Bull, and like this is a guy who's like seven foot five or seven seven, I think. I gotta look it up. Hold on, this guy is. Oh, this guy's seven foot two. Never mind. But yeah, this guy is a seven foot two. He, I mean, he looks like he's seven seven to be honest. But like, he's tall as hell. And not only is he tall, but this guy is—he's shooting threes and he's hitting those like one one two dribble pull ups, which is which is like which is kind of crazy to see a guy his size doing and just hey. And you know what? A lot of teams, hey, y'all pass up on Bull Bull. That's now it's coming look like it's coming to bite looks might, might come back to bite them right considering you know how impressive bobo has been since uh since he's been playing regular rotation minutes um and then we have uh michael porter jr who is starting to emerge as the player as the players that you know fans had him to be like i know he, he during the draft like he was projected to be a lottery pick but then he dropped all the 13th um if i remember correctly it was because of an injury or so but you know, Michael Porter Jr. has you know took some time for him to to get into the groove, into the groove, but Michael Porter Jr. is looking like that guy that Denver had hoped him to be, right? And and this is also one of the things moving forward for the Nuggets is you know if they truly want to go out there and compete with with the with your LA Lakers, with your Clippers, and 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 so on your rockets or whoever the elite teams in the west i think michael porter jr has to be that kind of guy like he's to me he's like that missing piece for the nuggets he's that missing scorer for the nuggets for the longest time it was Jokic and it was murray and then it was just a bunch of like maybe like catch and shoot players well gary harris kind of was that guy but then his, his offensive production just has completely dropped his defense is still there but um, Michael Porter Jr. If he can go forward and continue to play and play the way he is now, like Denver could be a scary team, right? Because now there's like there's three guys you have to worry about. You right? you have to worry about Jokic, uh, Jamal Murray, and and Michael Porter Jr. Um, but all in all, like to be honest, I don't watch these two teams enough, so I don't really have much else to say with these guys. But um, so if I'm gonna have to make my prediction i am gonna say denver in seven it's gonna be competitive right denver's gonna gonna come denver's gonna win in seven uh i mean like neither teams have have convinced me enough that that like they can go out there and dominate the other team and just sweep them or win win in five and put on a dominant performance it's gonna be back and forth for the nuggets and the jazz so 
uh so yeah uh i'm gonna be watching that one especially i'm gonna be watching for bowl bowl by the way he's just just really fun guy to watch watch play um and then yeah and then going on to our last playoff series that we're gonna talk about which is the four seed oklahoma city and the five seed houston rockets yes you heard me correctly the four seed oklahoma city thunder who would have figured that's including myself i don't think anybody aside from like maybe some okc fans had this team finishing top four in the western conference everybody kind of clowned this team like oh they, they they traded away westbrook and paul george for chris paul and uh and and and, and, a, and a rookie and then, and then like gallinari and then like a and then whatever and then it got a whole bunch of picks back and thought you know this was like a tanking move but here they are in the fourth seed with home court advantage against the houston rockets again like like i think everybody would have probably picked the rockets to, to finish above the thunder right without a doubt like before the season started but here they are it's like the other way around okc is on top of on top of houston um and and yeah but this is going to be you know this is going to be competitive again just like nuggets and the jazz and miami indiana this is going to be a competitive one um right it's chris paul and russell westbrook going up against their former teams um and yeah just like see and just we're going to see how far like this this oh this magical season that okc is having is going to go is is going to go like they can probably like getting to the second round is already like an incredible achievement for these OKC guys. So I don't think they're like really like super worried or super pressured about anything because like they they have already like completely exceeded expectations since like early on in the season they had exceeded expectations. But here they are with home court advantage with a chance of potentially beating the Houston Rockets, which I think. Um, and an, an interesting one is going to watch is like it, I'm going to see is like which team is going to adjust to who because we know OKC still runs with a tra- with a traditional center in Stephen Adams while Houston has completely abandoned all centers and just decided to go small ball all out. I'm curious to see like who is going to need to adjust to who. But if it's talking about adjustment, I'm pretty sure it's going to be OKC adjusting. I don't see Mike D'Antoni changing his game plan. Like he's not the kind. He's definitely not the coach that just changes his game plan because things aren't going well he's gonna ride with that small ball till the end right him and daryl morey um so if anything i'm i think okay it's gonna be okc who who will downsize to adjust to houston like if things aren't going going their way but um but in terms of russell westbrook and james harden like we know what we know what these guys can can give you especially now that um Capella's not there. Capella's not in the lane. Like Westbrook just has a green light to go into the lane, which is one of the reasons why they probably went small is just to put shooters, put all these like shooters around to clear the lane for Russell Westbrook. And ever since that happened, Westbrook has been really effective. Maybe like to some, I think like maybe more like if efficient than um than when he did was in OKC because like you know he had a uh, Stephen Adams kind of clogging up the paint a little for him, but then like in Houston he just seemed like he was a free man just going to the rim whenever he wants to but um and oh yeah and of course james harden's gonna do james harden things um and then of course okc like they have chris paul and shay gilgis alexander in their backcourt that that can that okc can go and, and throw at um westbrook and harden like chris paul is primed to make like an all defensive team this year like he's he's been good defensively all all the time and then of course Shea Gilgis Alexander just super long I mean the guy's like 6'6 
um, he's I think he's more he's going to be more than capable of um, of defending uh, elite perimeter players like like Westbrook and uh, and James Harden, and then you have Lou Dort, the Canadian Lou Dort, right? Um, going out there just um he's not he's not really going to get much minutes because we know like he's just as a starter to buy some time for Dennis Schroeder to come into the game we know Dennis Schroeder is going to play um a chunk a, a, a chunk of the minutes in in his spot right especially in crunch time it's probably going to be we're, we're most likely going to see um CB3 Schroeder Shea Gilgis, Gilgis Alexander Danilo Gallinari and like Steven Adams out there that's like their their like go-to lineup um but you know um Lou Dort is uh, has has you know found us found a spot in the NBA. It's good to see. Like, hey, more Canadians, the more the more Canadians, the better, right? And um and you know Lou Dort out there, obviously defensively, he he can be a very useful piece for Oklahoma for for OKC. Um, but with all that being said, you know these ones are hard to take, hard to pick. So. I'm gonna take, you know, I'm gonna take the team with, with the better talent in this situation. I'm sorry, OKC, but I think Houston is gonna win in six. I'm gonna take Rockets in six. Um, but yeah, so just to go over the Western Conference one more time, so we have I have the Lakers um over the Blazers in six if they if they play them, and the Lakers sweeping the Memphis Grizzlies if Memphis Grizz uh, if Memphis goes in. I have um, the Clippers beating the Mavericks in in a sweep as well. I have um, Denver and Utah um, going to seven with Denver coming on top. And then I have um, OKC and Houston going to six with Houston coming out on top. So if all of these predictions stand true over in the East, the second round is going to be the Bucks versus the Miami Heat um, and the Raptors versus the Celtics. Long awaited one. Um, and then over in the West, we're going to have the Lakers versus the Rockets. We're going to have, the, and then we're going to have the Clippers versus the Nuggets, right? So when, uh, when the first rounds are all played out, uh, I'm going to do, I'm going to record another, another podcast and give my predictions for the second round. And, um, and yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed, um, enjoyed this podcast. Um, I know I probably sound a little bit awkward. This is my first time doing this, but if y'all enjoyed this, um, please feel feel free to like, comment, and subscribe. And um, and yeah, I will see you guys on Monday after um, the Raptors um, play the Brooklyn Nets in Game One. I will be doing a a recap of that game. So thank you everybody for listening, and um, have a good day.